0: We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. morning. <laughs> this morning we're going to study chapter 5 of Matthew. And I shared with you yesterday that verse chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 are directional, where he is going, uh, the flight to Egypt, the preaching of John the Baptist, the temptation of our Lord, uh, the calling of the fishermen at the Lake of Galilee. When it comes to chapter 5, Jesus begins to teach the Word because He takes the multitudes out of the picture and He climbs a tall mountain, neighbor, Tabor perhaps, which is right there, and He begins to teach the disciples. Let me show you this. In seeing the multitudes, He went up into a mountain and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. So the crowd didn't come. Jesus left the multitudes and began to talk to the disciples. Now the texture, the amount of stuff, the things that he begins to deal with the with the disciples is that is what we're going to look today. Yesterday I shared with you the Beatitudes, which is an unbelievable amount of teaching into uh, what God expects of a servant, blessed is this and blessed that and blessed are the meek, the, those who mourn. And the meaning of these, blessed are they, the peacemakers so so. for they shall see God. These are attributes of faith where you practice these things and it begins to grow you up and strengthen you and build yourself up. So there's power in the Beatitudes. Now, we come about Christ in the law. And of course the law is referring to the law of Moses given on Mount Sinai. We're talking about uh, 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 all of the requirements that the law had upon the Jewish nation as to procedures, as to attributes, as to uh, uh, sacrifices and so on. So Jesus begins to deal with this. And it's really interesting. I want to tell you some interesting stuff in here. Look at this. Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. Because the prophets predicted a lot of things about Jesus. I come to destroy but to fulfill it. For verily I say unto you, to heaven and earth, Pass. Now, when he said, "Pass." It moves into what really the the, the Christian today is 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 calls the Kingdom Age, the future, perhaps the Millennium, perhaps the eternity. Okay. And he says this: "To heaven and earth, pass. Not one jot or one tittle." shall in no way no wise pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So he is dealing with what was done at the cross, but much more than that. And so uh, he fulfills the law and the prophets, the predictions of the prophets. So he fulfills all the demands of the law. He also fulfilled the predictions of the prophets, such as Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 about Virgin Mary. Isaiah prophesied that and Jesus fulfills it uh, as the Son of God. So he moves from the law to the kingdom of Asia. I already said that the millennium, even further than that, the kingdom of heaven. So what is the law that he's talking about to always fulfilled? What is it that he's referring to? He's talking about uh, that the righteousness of the disciples much surpassed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees now let's take a look at, at, at this uh, at this chapter five 21 to 28 to 48 so you almost uh, you're talking about 1030 37 verses of scripture that we're going to consider today. And so the first one is, he talks about six things that are part of the law. Now let's take a look. The first one is is murder. 521. It says, You've heard what he said of them the old time, Thou shalt not kill. And then adultery, 5.27. You have heard what is said of them of old. You shall not commit adultery. Divorce, 5.31. It says, it has been said, whosoever shall put away his wife. Let him get her a writing of divorce. Oats, which is 5.33. Again, you have heard what is said of old. You shall not forbear yourself forswear, but shall perform unto the Lord your oath. Another one. Vengeance, 538. Law for him is 4, 543. Now if you noticed that he quotes uh, and speaks about a principle of the law, and then he adds to it. And that's an interesting trip down here. Because what he adds is quite interesting. You know, it's really interesting. So, each one of these sections sets God's Word to ancient Israel against what Jesus adds to it. If you look carefully on verse 22, chapter 5 of Matthew, it says, But I say to you, therefore if you bring your gift to the altar, remember, let's take a look at you have heard what he said of them, of, oh, thou shalt not kill. But I say, now we're interested in what he says. We understand that, that, that thou shalt not kill is a commandment from the law, but let's see what Jesus add to it. <laughs> because, because that's the fun part of it, where you, 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 you have to sort of look carefully at it and say, oh, oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, my goodness. Now, first of all, Let's look at verse 21, 22. Always chapter 5. You have heard what He said of them abode. Thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. Shall be in danger of judgment. But I say to you, look, 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 look. He said. But I say to you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause is in danger of judgment. Now, when he says that, he's referring to to the sixth commandment in the law, the sixth commandment. So let's turn to the sixth commandment and take a look. Jesus is adding, adding m- more requirements and explain life in an easier way. So let's go Exodus chapter twenty, which is which is the the ten commandments. Amen. Let's take a look. What is what is the sixth commandment? It says, you shall not kill. And that's it. That's the sixth commandment. <coughs> but if you look at the discussion of Jesus about the sixth commandment, he adds a little bit of anger. He says, "He says unto, I say unto you, it says thou shalt not kill. But I say unto you something else. He says, that whatso, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause is in danger of judgment also. That's the addition of Jesus. If you, have, if you are in, whatsoever is angry with his brother without a cause. Now what do you mean? Give me an example of that. Well, you take your car to repair. And the mechanic cannot find the, the, how to fix the problem. And he tells you, I have to charge for the time I have spent with your car because I could not fix it. The car, it simply, simply, I don't know what it is. It happened to me. You know, he charged me $200, but I remained with a broken car and the lights don't operate. But I had to charge for his time working that. So I got a little upset about it until I read this verse of scripture. I don't have a cause. He didn't find the problem. And I have to pay for him to take care of the problem, but he couldn't fix it. And so I have to pay for his time and trying to find the, fix the car. Do you understand? Uh, I, I, I'm not, thou shall not kill is one thing. But to be angry without a cause to, about someone adds the same. Now that's Jesus' part. He comes in with a hmm on top of the law. It's really interesting. So, let's go second. Both adultery and lust desires violates the Seventh Commandment. What is the Seventh Commandment? The Seventh, thou shalt not commit adultery. You heard that. Thou shalt not commit adultery. So, so, what is it? uh, It breaks the Seventh Commandment. What did Jesus add to the tenth, to this? Look at... uh, look at uh, uh, Exodus 2017 which is the 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 the, the, the seventh commandment thou shalt not commit adultery and so amen Jesus says you have heard what he said of them of old again you shall not commit adultery but I say to you Whosoever looks to a woman with own lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. So, this addition to the law and the commandments is interesting because it has to do not with the act of killing, but also with the act of of, uh, committing lustful desires to a woman or a woman to a man has already committed adultery with her already in his heart now that's a, that's a difficult thing to keep there you know if you go to Brazil and you go to the beach you're going to be, to be required to stay in your place not to be moved and uh, it's a hard thing to do but this is what Jesus does with the law. Okay? Now, let's take a look at uh, Matthew five twenty three to 24. He has to start talking about restitution in prayer. Uh, Jesus adds to the law, speaking about restitution. He says, therefore... If you bring your gift to the altar, and he's talking about the brazen altar, the time of Moses, and the uh, tabernacle of Moses in the Midian Desert, has committed adultery with her already. Okay, If you, sorry, verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has ought against you, has taught against you, has said something against you, Leave there your gift to the before the altar and go your way first be reconciled with your brother and then come and offer your gift Amen Now look very carefully that Jesus is adding to the law he's adding something different okay Amen All right Let's go to verse 25 and 26. These are two verses that deals with relationships. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him. If we offend our brother and do not make amend, the Lord becomes our adversary. Or op- uh, opponent, which places one in a serious situation indeed. List any time the adversary delivers you to judge it to the judge, and the judge delivers you to the officer, and you are cast into prison. In other words, he is saying, if you have something against someone, get it done while you have a chance, and deal with it without waiting for perhaps having to struggle in life in other areas because you are not forgiving. Agree <coughs> with your adversary quickly <coughs> while you are in the way with him. And this is saying that some of us have a problem with somebody else, and we don't, we don't want to deal with it. We don't feel like dealing with it because it's, it's just not going to happen. Uh, I don't want to see that face. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to say anything to that man. I'm upset with him, and I'm not going to go back there and stir the problem. The Lord says, You better have a chance to stir the problem and solve the problem we, instead of taking to bed years after years after years you're going to have to deal with it. Verily I say unto you, that's Jesus adding, You shall by no means come out thence, come out of the prison, spiritual prison, till you have paid the uttermost farthing. The Lord methods of teaching was symbolic and figurative. If the believer doesn't make amends with his fellow man who has already wronged, he will suffer one reverse after another. God will see to it. This is what, uh, this is what uh, verse 25 and 26 means. That in terms of disagreement, in terms of, of, of unrest and uneasiness, you have to deal with it. And put that in order. Let's move into uh, verse 31 of chapter 5, which talks about divorce and remarriage. Okay? It has been said, now over here is Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4. I want to take a look and show you what really Deuteronomy says in in chapter 24, 1 through 4. So let's go over there. I open 24, one through four. When a man has taken a wife and married her and it becomes to pass that she finds no favor in his eyes, because he has, he has found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorce and give it to her hand and send her out of, your, out of the house. All right. That's, that's some harsh words. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be and be another man's wife. Okay. Now, we're looking for what Jesus says about that because he's going to say, But I say to you, I've been calling your attention to that. Let's see what Jesus would respond to Deuteronomy chapter twenty four, verses one through four. It has been said, there he goes. Whosoever shall put away his wife refers to divorce, proceed. Let him give her a writing of divorcement. The Jews had perverted the law, greatly weakening the, sanctifying of ma- the sanctity of marriage. So let's see how Jesus... But I say to you, that's on verse 32. Now let's take a look what Jesus says on verse 32, because yeah, this is what we're doing today. It's a, a biblical exercise, and see what the law says and see what Jesus says. Now you're a follower of Jesus, aren't you? You love Jesus with all your heart. He saved you. He died on the cross, rose from the dead. Well, let's take a look and see how His, his Holy Spirit in Him thinks and how He says it because He is in the, uh, the, these verses, 21 to 48. This is an anointing in these verses. Jesus is talking to the church here and privately teaching the disciples on this mountain. No multitude present. This is serious stuff. But I say to you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, divorce her, same for the cause of fornication, meaning cohabitating with others, therefore breaking the marriage vow, causes her to commit adultery. But I say to you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, same for the cause of fornication. Now, the divorce comes in and there is, there is a break in the sexual relationship between this man and this woman, okay, causes her to commit adultery. Causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her who is divorced commits adultery. Now, I need to explain to you this because it gets very confusing here. Because if there is sin between a husband and a wife and, and the two cannot... Uh, uh, cannot come to terms if there's a divorce. It says the the woman should not remarry or the man should not remarry. But let's take a look. The man who marries a woman who is divorced unscripturally, even though it's not her fault, commits adultery as well. And so the man has a part in it. You see, in a marriage situation, when the woman uh, is, the, is, is the, the, the part that falls apart, or the man, both of them have equal responsibility. It is not her fault. Commits adultery as well. We should learn here that the sanctity of marriage, with divorce and remarriage allowed only on the grounds of fornication and spiritual desertion. First Corinthians seven ten. The only way to divorce is if there is adultery between the two. Uh, or, or a woman or a man, and, is, in, in the, and Jesus says it is excusable that you have a divorce if there is sexuality out of, out of order, out of, out of control. So, what do you think about that? Meaning that if there is a divorce between a man and a woman, both of them, or the man or the woman, uh there I are, for instance, if I'm married to this woman and she commits adultery with another man, I can divorce her. Or the vice versa. Amen. Now let's take a look at first Corinthians seven, because that's Paul. Paul speaking. First Corinthians chapter chapter seven, verse ten. You're gonna like this. This is really gonna bless you. Here you go. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Amen? There you go. 3 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Uh, um, um, so many scriptures today. 7, verse 10. It says this, And unto the married, those that are married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, pertains departing on the grounds which were not scripture. In other words, the husband being unsaved did not give the wife the right to divorce him on the same on, the, on those grounds but if she departs let her remain unmarried to be reconciled with her husband and let not the husband put away his wife that's paul's view so let's let's uh let's uh finish verse 31 and 32 of Matthew chapter 5. Read one more time. It has been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, the proceedings of divorce, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say to you, and here's the view of Jesus of the divorce. It says, That whosoever shall put away his wife, divorce her, same for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. Meaning, if I'm a man and I commit and I have fornication with another woman, uh, my wife committed adultery. I bring that accusation that, that, uh, upon, upon the relationship. I'm responsible. I'm the spiritual head of the house, and I've done something wrong in, in marriage. And whosoever shall marry her who is divorced commits adultery. All right. These are very interesting words about divorce, isn't it? Let me just uh, ask uh, Randy here, uh, Andy Hines, a couple questions. Sure, sure. That means that that woman cannot remarry. Well, it sounds like. Yes. It sounds like because I, the man, committed adultery, I'm, I'm hurting my wife. What if you did it before they were married, before they were born again? Okay. If they, if it, what you're saying is. It happened before they were born again. Then yeah. they're the excusable. They're, 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 they're excused. They're, they're okay. The man who marries the woman who is divorced unscripturally mean, means they're not saved. Yeah. Even though it is not her fault, commits adultery as well. Okay. So if you are in a relationship that you are saved and something like this happens, You need to ask God to forgive your sin and forgive my wife. And if you do that and apply the blood of Jesus Christ over the sin and repent of your sin, then then there is a chance to survive. Amen? Okay. All right. All right. Now, let me go on to uh, verse 37 because this is the teaching that Jesus is having to the disciples. Again, you have heard what it has been said by them of old time. It's talking about the law. The Word of God has been twisted to mean something that He did. You shall not forswear yourself, but shall perform unto the Lord your oath. Verse 33, 37 have to do with the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Okay, So, in other words, don't swear using the name of the Lord in vain. It is, it is the third commandment. Now, Jesus is going to add now, he's about the addition. But I say unto you, verse 34, but I say unto you, here's the addition. It says, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. This has nothing to do with profanity, but rather, Flippancy, using God's name unwillingly and and out of order and out of balance. And it's something that everybody does these days. You know, uh, people use the name of God as if if, uh, they're chewing gum. And it, it is breaking a commandment. You're going to have to answer for that. Okay? But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne nor by the earth, for it is His footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do not use the name of God in vain. It says this, Not only must the name of God not be flippantly used, but as well His creation is off the limits also. Don't refer to Jerusalem in the way that you like to refer. Don't refer to heaven the way you look at it and you make jokes about it. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, if you if you are are are, are involved in media of any kind, a lot of a lot of jokes have to do with uh, 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 Saint Peter. I got to heaven and suddenly Saint Peter looked at me. You know, a joke about getting into eternity. These are things that break the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You make jokes about eternity. You know, a, uh, here's a joke. A priest, Catholic priest, a Baptist and a Presbyterian, a Bap- and a Pentecostal went to heaven. And there goes the joke. And people laughed at it. But when you do that, you are minimizing the name of God. You're belittling heaven and the saints of the Lord. And it is, it is a, 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 you're breaking the third, the third commandment, which says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Did you hear me? I think that, I think you, are you hearing me now? Listen. Look at that. Not by the earth, not for is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem for is the city of the great king. Don't do it in this environment, in this city. In in, in heaven, don't do it. In other words, words, when you refer to God in a way that is uh, uh, accusing, without respect, without honor, without dignity, you are sinning. You are breaking the third commandment. Now, it says, Neither shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Man is God's highest Creation. You can't swear by your head. And of course what he's saying is, On my name, on my honour, I swear, this is what people say. I'm I'm so and so, and here's who I am, and I'm saying this. That's that's breaking the third the third commandment because you have no right to swear or using yourself as an excuse or affirmation whatsoever because you have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And you have no authority against your own body and against your mind. And so you open your mouth and trash comes out of it. Because you don't understand the third commandment. Okay. Oh, this is getting warm, isn't it? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Neither shall you swear by your head. But let your communication be yes, yes, and no, no. For whatsoever is more than these comes of evil. I hope you got the message today. And, of course, remember what Jesus says. Amen. Uh, It's life in it. There's life in it. I'll see you tomorrow.